Hello everyone! Before we get today's episode going, I have a major announcement for you guys. I, yours truly, have opened a brand new merch shop! To be honest with you guys, I was personally not happy with spring, the experience, the quality of the clothing and stuff like that. After hearing so many good words from so many other people, I decided to bring everything from the spring shop over to Fourth Wall! Fourth Wall will now be the new home for the Postmodern Art Podcast Shop. You can go there today and see a wide range of incredible shirts that we've had up there before, such as the logo, the Pride Collection, as done by Eldritch Grandpa and Mine and Roll Tears, the wonderful retro design, as done by Roya Shahidi, uh, the incredible tag design, done by the incredible Aiden Art. And speaking of Aiden Art, thanks to him, we have two new designs that you can buy right now. The first being this cute little you know, sock where you can see a little 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 money bags on your on your ankle. Little cute, little adorable. Just look at the little thing. I I I, I love him. It, it's wonderful. But also, more importantly, if you guys pay attention to me on Twitter, a few months back I did a little contest and uh, did a little meme that was basically reminiscent of that classic Sonic pose of the alone on a Friday night thing. Uh, well, I decided to do my own version of that, which Aiden did. And now with this new shop, I decided, hey, let's slap that on a shirt. It looks absolutely incredible. All the shirts are using comfort color shirts, which are absolutely soft and amazing. I can attest to that after buying former guest Feral Starweaver's shirt. Um, I, I could not get enough of his shirt. He was telling me so many wonderful things about fourth wall. So many other people were talking about fourth wall. So I knew I just had to go there in order to sell my merch. You can go to the link down in the description below to find the link for that merch shop, or you can type post-modern-art-podcast-shop.fourthwall.com. You might want to go to that link in the description below. It's so much easier. And just to celebrate the brand new opening of the shop, if you use code NEWSHOP in checkout, you'll get an additional 10% off your order today. This deal will only be limited throughout the month of June. Sincerely, guys, this merch really does mean a lot to me. Uh, the artists that made this stuff did an absolutely sensational job, especially uh, the ones I listened for, and Tipsy J Hearts for providing, obviously, the OG Mr. Moneybags design. And it also means a lot to me to give back to both the community and to the artists as well, with half of the profits going back to the artists that made the merch in the first place, and then for all the ones in the Pride Collection, all the profits that I make from that will go directly to charities such as Lambda Literary and the Trans Lifeline. So any love and support that you can show with this podcast, any merch that you guys buy uh, to really help get the name out there more and to really help grow this community more, you'll know how much it would mean the world to me if you go to the merch shop today. Check the link in the description below or go to post-modern-art-podcast-shop.fourthwall.com. Just go to the link in the description below. It'll be so much easier. Modern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. 
I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and for this week's episode, I think I've picked an incredible guest that is just going to make this podcast pop. Today's guest is Psycho Riot, a multi-talented artist, whether it be digital art, voice acting, singing, killing it at just about every single avenue. Riot was another fantastic recommendation by Tipsy J Hearts, and judging by the conversation you're about to listen to, it was worth every single second. We had a genuinely fun, creative conversation that I think each and every single one of you is going to enjoy. If you enjoyed the conversation, make sure you support Riot with the links down in the description below. I'm sure they would absolutely love the support. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Leave five stars wherever you can. I see that stuff and I absolutely love it. If you want to go a little bit further with that support, maybe you should consider going to the brand new merch shop. Link to the fourth wall shop will be in the description below with some sensational new streetwear that you should be wearing today. And look, if all you want is just a cool casual place where you can meet some of the other artists that are in this community, showcase some of your work, make some connections, and do some incredible stuff, maybe you should consider joining our Discord server, the Artist Sanctuary. We've already developed an incredible group there, and I think you would be a wonderful addition to that group today. But now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Okay, right, before we really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast, if I may. Let's say you get to go to a desert island on your own accords. It is just you, along with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, breathe. Get to truly enjoy yourself for a little bit. With accommodations, yeah. you're not stranded on an island. You, you, like, it's, 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 a little, it's a little island paradise more than anything else. All right. It's a little acapellico. Exactly. But to also make sure you don't go completely insane on your own little personal paradise, you could bring mm-hmm. one piece of media or one piece of art with you to help with whatever kind of vibe, whatever Ooh. kind of headspace you want on this island. If given this opportunity, what would that one piece be? Oh, piece of one piece of media and one piece of art. Oh, sorry, oh, one piece darn. of media or one piece of art. Just just one piece okay. of whatever you consider media or art. If I wanted to bring something to like hold my sanity together and keep a vibe, I would probably bring a a so it's just one song or just like one album. Well, I mean, like, it could well, be, I, I, I've been very loose with these rules before I would go ahead and say, so it could be like an album. It could be a series of albums. It could be like an artist's discography or something along the lines of that. So if there's, if there's something that's within that realm, you can say, got it. it. Okay. I'd bring a, I'd bring a mixtape, obviously CD, iPod, whatever, okay. uh, that had all of DJ's catalog one. Cause I'm biased and two, cause I've always loved his work. <laughs> uh, DJ's catalog, The Cure, The Cranberries, Echo and the Bunnymen, lots of good alternative 80s. Okay. Um, bit of 90s, too. And that that would keep me together. <laughs> that that would genuinely hold my head up. Yeah, that's that's fair. And also, just to address it immediately, you're talking about Paranoid DJ, correct? Yes, sir. All yes, right, I am. I, I just got to say, first off, like just hearing some of the names that you listed off, exquisite taste. Wonderful. Thank you. Fantastic. Like, what is it about, like especially like those genres and those artists that you listed, what is it about those that like is more or less a comfort for you more than anything else? Oh God. One, it's nostalgic because I was raised by my, I was raised by my grandparents who obviously had a teenager in the eighties, my mom, uh, (laughs) And my mom thought she was Veronica Sawyer from Heather's, so Winona Ryder's character. So that was always around me as a kid, always. And so it's just like my mom was playing the Disintegration album when I was in utero, like the Cranberries and stuff. Like I, I just heard it ever since I was in the womb. 
And it's just nice. I love the synth. I love that was such an era of change in the music industry from like the hair band into the synth wave and mm-hmm. into the 90s grunge. So it was just incredible. That's why I love it. It can take you somewhere with like the darkest lyrics, but the most upbeat tune or just real mellow so fast, both ends. Oh, absolutely. Like the, <laughs> that range of what you're talking about right there. That's, that's mm-hmm. just like, again, it's just beautiful. It's just bliss more than anything else. But You could dance to it. You could smoke to it. You could sing to it, whatever you want to do. I agree with all <laughs> that stuff. But nevertheless, that, that yeah. mixtape or that playlist or whatnot, that is your answer. You're locking that in. That's what I'm locking in. Then if that's the case, I cannot think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Nathan Ragland. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Uh, you should check out the brand new merch shop on 4th Wall. Link will be in the description below. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> They are a digital artist, voice actor, and singer with an affinity for Cherry Bomb, among others. Welcome to the podcast, uh, Psycho Riot! Yay! I'm so happy to be here! I am so happy to finally have you here, because in fact, we've been trying a while to get this interview done. <laughs> Story of my life, ask my manager. <laughs> but nevertheless, first off, how are you doing today? So good. So good. I'm actually about to go on vacation in two days to see Paranoid DJ. We're Let's meeting go. up in Florida. Mm-hmm. And Corey Wilder. Amazing okay. VA. Just got his first anime role. God, mm. such a killer guy. I was say, yeah, both both of those I need to definitely get on the podcast support. Especially, mm-hmm. especially Corey, because for those who don't know, uh, the animated show that me and Tipsy are working on, uh, The Evil Little mm-hmm. Thing, Corey Wilder is actually the voice of one of our leads. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So definitely need to have uh, them on at some point. But also, uh, I will say I'm glad you're vacationing with them. I'm sorry, it has to be in Florida. Uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But regardless, uh, thank you sincerely for taking the time to be here. I mean, you are someone that thank has you for been... having me. There you go. Uh, you are seriously someone that has been under my radar. You know, someone I've seen like their art all <laughs> over. You know, seeing all the different aspects of art that you've had a hand in. So I'm definitely excited to indulge in how you are able to manage all this stuff but before I really divulge to the stuff you're doing <laughs> nowadays yeah i want to go back just a little bit and learn more or less the origin story of riot what got you oh interest- my what got you interested in art in the first place I got I've always always loved art when I was a kid I was I was that weird kid in Ohio the little like the little edgy one in the I was always the art class art teacher and English teacher's pet right everybody everybody who watches this probably has that feeling we were always that like the kid was offside doing their own thing comics Mm -hmm. manga what have you so I I just always drew as a kid no matter what I was always coloring on the walls my mom old old thing this won't be a long story she had a grateful dead hoodie from the 70s and I used to try to redraw it on the walls of our apartment when I was like a baby. So you just see the dancing skeleton with the roses and like a kid scribble. I just just always had to think for it. And then the, the teachers were super nurturing with it, most of them. Uh, and so was my family. They were always real supportive. My family owned a comic book store. So oh, wow. I was surrounded by art all the time. Comic books, gaming cards, which if you know Yu-Gi-Oh, every card is an individual art piece. Same mm-hmm. with Magic the Gathering, just oh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where it's always been there. I I had a comic published when I was in the sixth grade because I was doing art for a guy that was in a magazine at one point. Uh, really wasn't great because I was in the sixth grade, but I was proud of it. You start somewhere, right? <laughs> look, look, the fact that in the sixth grade you you could have something of yours that you created published and 
something like that. That's impressive. <laughs> like the closest I ever came to that is I think in like eighth or ninth grade or whatnot. I, I did like mm-hmm. uh, for an art class. I did this like abstract piece where I just did a bunch of shapes and then I sh- did it in all different shapes of green because my favorite color is green. Ooh, and my good color. Te- yeah, I know, right? And my uh, teacher loved it so much to put it in an auction that was going to like help oh. with like, school supplies stuff like that. Sold for like 50 bucks. So I can't complain too much. Hell I didn't, yeah. Obviously, I didn't see any of it because it was for the school. But yeah, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, it's incredible to hear that like especially that early on, like it must have been like almost surreal to have that kind of encouragement especially that early to like go into this Mm -hmm. art stuff and just let your creativity flow oh yeah and then like leading into that i actually got to design the track uniforms for my middle school they still wore those up until about three years ago i would see little middle schoolers walking around when i'm in my 20s wearing this shoe with a wing a la like hermes from ancient greek mythology okay and it's on the track and i was like oh my god they're still using it it was crazy to me uh, again, another relatable story. Uh, senior year of high <laughs> senior year of high school, I was part of a uh, an organization called JGG, Ooh. which is Job for Georgia Graduates. Yes, I'm from Georgia. Okay. Uh, and for like, we don't our, judge. It, <laughs> look, I judge you for going to Florida. I'm being from Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm the meme of the year. But please carry on. Tell me, tell me your well, story. Well, I was gonna say the only thing that would make you like more of a meme is if you go to either Detroit or Jersey at this point, but I, that's less I was born around Cleveland. So I am, st- it's just as bad. It's just as bad. It, it, we had a river catch on fire. I've heard, trust me. I've heard that story multiple <laughs> times anyways, but yeah. uh, so I was in this organization and like our school was like the Patriots and, uh, it was like some sort of project where like I designed like a logo that was like the, uh-huh. the the New England Patriots head or whatnot, but like the body was like walking forward, holding like a diploma or something like that, and like a suit. Uh-huh. And the teacher like loved it so much, is like I'm making that basically like oh. the new official like logo for us because it, it obviously had like the if you ever seen like the Patriot logo, it's like the, the yes forward with like the swoosh behind it, so it's like it's mm-hmm. moving forward, and especially like you know Georgia graduates moving forward in life. Da 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 da. So. Yeah. Yes. It's it's incredible. It's incredible, especially knowing that, like, especially at that point, knowing that, especially like the schools, which you hear, we all hear the horror stories about how schools aren't even encouraging the arts, knowing that there are places out there that truly love the arts and want to support it in one way or another. Oh, yeah. Like, it's always incredible to hear. And especially hearing you, like, especially that early on, getting that encouragement with all different aspects of art and getting that showcase of it. I have to know, when did it go from this, like, just general love for art to a passion and then wanting to make it part of your career? I, I just, it, it was always a passion. You know, every kid starts off with like a love of it, but I got into manga and stuff through comics because everybody has their gateway. Um, fell in love with that, just watching like, you know, old Toonami, the old, old school, back when Hamtaro was on TV and yes. stuff. <laughs> and that leads you into other stuff like Inuyasha, all the classics. And then I loved the art style so much that I just started trying to learn it. And then my my dad or my grandfather rather was like, oh yeah, you know, you're actually kind of good at this. So he like would really push me. And then I just, you know, it was a way to express myself. It was a way to like, I'm bad with escapism. I think we can all relate to that. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just an outlet. It became, and the outlet is what sparked the passion because it, it became a way to heal. Okay. Everybody has a bad, you know, everybody has their their teenage static. And that that's what art is. It's such an outlet for everybody. Same with music, same with like even people who do, tech like they build and codes and stuff like that it's all the same thing 
Yeah, and it's absolutely mm-hmm. incredible, especially, like I said, with all the art that you've been able to have a hand in. So I'm going to start at least with, like, the first initial love, I would at least imagine. Well, actually, I'll ask you this. What was the first, like, field of art that you really felt the most comfortable in? Because I know you were telling me about, like, being able to draw comics and stuff like that. Was that the first love or, like, did growing up with music, did you eventually go down that path first? Like, what was the first one that you wanted to, to latch on to first? I latched onto both at the same time, kind of, because okay. music was a little bit of a harder sell. I was, uh, I spent a, a long time being raised by my great grandfather, and he was classic Broadway in the 1950s and 60s. We're talking oh, like he toured. Yeah, his name was Ernest Mance. He toured. He had like the classic opera teacher um, with that crazy name. Like I think it was Madame Nevada von Derver. <laughs> and he would be on TV and stuff while working at General Motors, like real classic guy. Okay. Um, he met my great grandma. She was a cigarette girl, and they would sing together at a nightclub. Aww. And it's just like this crazy story. So sweet. They had three daughters and long story short, a couple centuries, not centuries, you know, decades <laughs> later, I'm here. I'm ancient, you see. Um, no, then it was music was always there. But that one was, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really have the chance to try and do anything studio worthy. So you're just enjoying that. Okay. So I was passionate about both. But the art got more familial recognition and approval. Now, I did a lot of stage performance stuff as a kid, and my family tried to push me with that, but I had a bout where at some point I caught this insane stage fright out of nowhere. Like, I would be on stage all constantly. I'd be fine, and then suddenly in middle school, something out of nowhere, like, snapped in my psyche, and I would get, like, panic attacks going on stage, and it took me years to get back to being comfortable to singing in front of people, let alone studio recording. And that, you know, that didn't actually come back up again until I started working with DJ. Okay. And that that was when I broke out of that because I don't know what happened. You know, high school hit and it was bad. You know what? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I can't at least imagine, like, especially with high school, like, especially mm-hmm. certain the people that you're around or whatnot, maybe, like, expectations were different and, you know, maybe some of the outside peer pressure could have potentially gotten to you. I don't know. I'm not a psychology major. I'm a podcast host, so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I don't want to, I don't want to be, like, have my pity party here. Like, everybody has their, <laughs> has their static. It just something effed with my, like, confidence at that point and I can't really nail down what it was but I'm glad that I got that back because music has helped me balance out the art a lot too so I just buried myself in art from there out (laughs) okay well let's until we actually get to when the music did come Mm -hmm. back to your life let's talk about the art let's let's get get into the art what was some of like the the first inspirations for you to really like dive into the field of art and like really try to really try to make your mark in art Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I owe that to um, Hasbin Hotel was when I really started trying to make a name for myself in art. Before that, I was fine sketching. I actually stopped drawing for like seven years in my adulthood out of nowhere because I had partners in the house who were like Mm. artists more regularly. And I kind of just I don't like to try to like I had competitive relationships for bad old ones, just not great stuff. So I just kind of took a backseat to it and I didn't really touch art at all. And then I was it was 2019 going into 2020. I started off role-playing Serpentious on Tumblr, okay. funny enough. <laughs> and then I was sitting there going, this doesn't really smack for me. And I, I I, picked up writing in lieu of digital art for a long time. But then okay. when I picked up Cherry Bomb, I switched to another role-playing website. And I started drawing because there was no art for her at that time. This was pre-pilot. This right. was her clip with Penches had just come out like a couple months prior. And I was like, why? 
why does she not have art? She's such a baddie. And I was like, she makes me feel good about myself. She helped me like get out of my shell a lot more okay. um, at that stage in my life. And so I started drawing her and then I was like, oh, and people started liking it. And so I, I kept up with it. And that's when I noticed like I was kind of the only one in the market with Cherry Bomb and I didn't care. You know, I didn't care to be a commodity. I cared that like I got to draw this thing that like it had she like that actually helped me through the death of my father couple oh, pets, uh, loss of a house, a lot of stuff. Um, and it, it it really like helped me nail my nail myself down and reground. So then when other people gave me support for it, that's when the following started to show up. So I never went into it trying to get a following. I was just like, God, I hope people like this. And I just put it online. I was like, I like it. And then from there, I got validation for it. And then I started doing commission work and took off. I just want to say real quickly, this went from <laughs> zero to 100 really fucking quick. It's always extremes with me. It's it's, it's never a gray area. <laughs> you know what? Valid, valid. I, I do But I try to keep it light. I try to keep it light. No, I mean, like, great. I'm glad you didn't like, go into details about, like, you know, how, yeah. how, the the depths of despair that you were in, because I can only imagine. Oh, no, yeah. So I can only imagine what you're dealing with all of that. I don't know how close they were in concurrent events or whatnot but just dealing with yeah. all that in general not an easy task so no and so, then like just life in general you know yeah exactly so to hear that nevertheless like you found a good like comfort character with the the hazard mm-hmm. character specifically cherry bomb like that it's always encouraging to hear more than anything else plus i will say i think you're at least the second person i've had on this podcast to take a character not really represented at the time and like try to make them their own the other one being uh glory uh yeah glory when uh taking baxter and like just doing what she can with him yeah oh baxter got no love too just yeah. being in the fandom at that time i remember that yeah exactly but like i i do want to focus at least when it comes to cherry bomb mm-hmm. for a second now obviously like you said real quickly she became more or less like a comfort character for you what is it about yeah. cherry bomb that like just creatively like just adds that dopamine what is it about it that is a comfort for you this ties into that first question you asked me where I threw a bunch of 80s tracks at you. I okay. barely remembered that she was a character who, when she was billed originally, died in the 80s. So I was like, oh my gosh, she's a riot girl. And that ties into where my name comes from. But like, I loved that Courtney Love, like I like the LA riots, that's obviously 92, but it's 80s going into 90s. So I was like, oh, and she's so cool. Like she took no crap. From Penches, that first scene, Crystal Laporte knocked her character out of the park. She was noisy. She was cool. She seemed unhinged. And then when Silva came forward with Addict, like you saw a vulnerability to her. And I was like, oh, man. Because there was one line, and I always bring this up when I bring up Cherry, because it's so crucial and a lot of people overlook it. It's the, so what if I misbehave? It's what everybody craves. She is literally on TV even if you remember the pilot, they said self-proclaimed spunky powerhouse. Like she has to perform to stay relevant. And God, I don't know any like woman or they, them or anything. You, man, woman, anything in the media sphere who doesn't feel like they have to perform to keep, you know, to keep people giving a crap. And so when I saw that, I was like, God, she's so human. Mm-hmm. And like, Having to having to go out of your way to get that attention, to go out of your way to like not get stepped on even because you could see there was like some parallel with a potential ex-partner of hers with the gray cyclops. And it, to me, it just stood out. And I was like, she's incredible. And she's so un unloved and for what? <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, hopefully, you know, now that 
Hasman Hotel is going to become a legit series. Hopefully, we'll be able to dig a little bit more into her character and actually get the. God, I hope more. so. I mean, I mean, the fact that she was like what at least the fifth or sixth person to get like the full character reveal thing or whatnot. Yeah. I think that's saying something, you know. She had more screen time than some of the main characters did in the pilot. So for the fandom to not grab her quite like. I thought they could, they could or would have. First of all, if we're going to be shallow with it, she's a half-dressed baddie with a rocking body, and I was surprised on that alone that she didn't have more fans. Yeah, but most people wanted the gay spider, let's be honest. That's uh, so true. <laughs> I, I'm even guilty of that. Angel Dust is heavenly, gorgeous. But it, it's true. It's true. They wanted the, they wanted the bug. <laughs> yeah, they wanted the bug. Now, I, I, I obviously, like I said, you know, we're talking about like Cherry Bomb. I can see how that kind of reflects into like how you become more comfortable with yourself. Seeing as mm-hmm. like, I hate to kind of bluntly say this, but you, I, it, I feel like for me, the way you represent yourself, very similar essences of Cherry Bomb like sprinkled in there. I mean, I mm-hmm. see your profile pic being the, the, the Cyclops. The Cyclops know. was absolutely inspired by that, but it's a, it is a mixture of like an old character I had, Paired with the new nouveau has been style. She definitely had a hand in how I branded myself going forward because she was such a comfort. And I didn't want to just ride on like Viv's stuff. I right. wanted to like step out of that. So I took little aspects of what I loved about her. Um, but my my overall personality kind of always just been this, but I was never like in the public sphere, like she helped me solidify like more of my hard limits with people and not taking as much as I used to. Cause boy, I used to take so much crap from people. And, and I think that's relatable, but she, she, she helped me get a more of a backbone where I was always kind of this weird party kid. I got in trouble for some dumb crap, like sneaking out of windows, classic, like stupid kid stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I see that rebellion, I gravitate toward that. But then there was so much more that, and because we got to sit for so long with no pilot, you got to interpret the characters as you wanted to. So there's, weirdly enough, in the fandom, there are a lot of people whose interpretation of Cherry is purely based on the way I've been representing her for the last few years. Um, Even people who are involved in making the show have, like, kind of adopted the weirdness that I put on her, and I'm really excited to see how she actually is. I've been waiting for so long to see this character come to fruition. Sorry, that was a tangent. <laughs> no, no, no. I was gonna say. To be fair, I'm pretty sure you're not the only one. Especially like I'm sure. Obviously, like you said, like you felt like she was very underrepresented. Up, mm-hmm. underrepresented. Represented. Ah, I don't know. Words are wonderful. Um, yeah. <laughs> very upper. You you found I you, you, you found a lot more love with her than some of the other characters or whatnot. But even then, like I feel yeah. like especially with just most of the characters in general, especially with the hype that Viv is kind of more or less like built up, like mm-hmm. since that pilot has released more than anything else, I'm pretty sure we're all excited to see what what she can bring to the table with all, all the of other, it, all the mm-hmm. other chaos that every other character is supposed to be bringing to that show. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, like you know, again, going back to like the way you are and how you represent yourself or whatnot, like it's interesting to know that like while it's a foundation or whatnot, the way you've been able to represent yourself as well. Like it's, I find it cool more than anything else. Like I love like both how you draw cherry bomb, but how you draw yourself as well. Like I cannot get enough of the character. Um, like I, I have to know like how long did it take for you to really like nail down the way you want to represent yourself? Oh God. Um, you know, I started off with my account just being primarily cherry bomb. Um, and then when I started getting a following, I was like, I can't just, you know, I can't just be like essentially a cherry bomb art, like role play account as fun as that is. I like, I want to do other things too. I wanted to branch out. So then I was like, 
I was like, let's let's try making a Sona here. So I mixed an old OC of mine with the Cyclops aspects that I really liked. And from there, I just kind of tried to make it level and started drawing other characters and just keeping it not so singularly focused. And yeah, she just, I, I, there were things I loved about her. I mean, my Sona looks more like her now than it did when it started. It used to be this little like short blob with a bob cut kind of deal. And then I was like, I kind of made it more like me, which in turn made it more like more like her. <laughs> I mean, I have <laughs> the long hair and such, and the, the the character just kind of being in that style and universe, no matter what, because it's a Cyclops with long hair, it's going to look like her. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm always going to get that. I tried to pull it away as much as I could while keeping the things that I loved about it. Cause I love one-eyed characters, you know, Leela from um, Futurama. And then that was actually an ongoing joke before has-been because in every one of my pictures as a kid, I got my hair over one eye and my parents uh, used to make fun of me and they'd be like, what are you, a Cyclops? All my selfies are usually half my face. So it's I always had one eye. And so I was like, that's a bonus. Let's go with that. <laughs> You're just keeping keep it on brand more than anything else. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. That's incredible to hear. But I mean, obviously, you know, while similar to Cherry Bomb, I think a way you've been able to kind of differentiate yourself with Cherry Bomb as well is, again, just how you've been able to present yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just with like the cool, obviously, way you draw yourself in the digital art, but also the different aspects of art that you've been able to dabble in. Now, I, I can mm-hmm. imagine that as being a fan of Hasbun Hotel, it led you to yeah. some really cool opportunities working with other people in other mediums, mainly music. Um, so mm-hmm. I want, so I want to know. I, I can imagine what point does the music do- reappear? Like, is it around this time when you're really getting invested in Hasbun and such? Like, when does the music become a more prevalent part of your life? My love of Hasbun had actually neutraled out once, well, neutralized once the pilot came out. Everybody kind of calmed down for a while. And I had been, I had joined a streaming group where we would do charity streams by doing character impersonations. And of course, I was the resident Cherry and Charlie. Um, So we would do impersonations and we would raise money for other people, different organizations, stuff like that, uh, with voices and sketch streams. And I remember around that time is when I... Had first off, I met Crystal Laporte and Chris Ayres, rest in peace. Um, rest in peace. I met uh, Michael's. Like well, I knew Michael's sister already from conventions because Michael was local. He he was literally okay. like I think his mom is like twenty minutes from me. Um, but I had known his sister, so I kind of tangentially had like interactions with with Michael. Um, and then through the art, I had met different people in Spindle, but um. Around that time, like I said, the Phantom had neutralized a little bit. And that's when I saw, like, Lana and Paranoid DJ's Rain on Me cover. And I was like, I'm already doing character impressions, but I see these people doing character impressions and covers. And I was like, that's (laughs) so cool. Because getting to, like, LARP your favorite characters and give people character content at no cost to yourself, just it's fun for every. I wanted that so bad. So that was around the time when I said, you know, I want to try to do music because I could already sing. I knew I could sing. Um, I just... And I had just recently gotten, because I'd been streaming, better audio equipment. So I was like, I feel like I could actually approach somebody like that now. So what I did was I had hit DJ up. I tried to message Paranoid DJ. I had tried to message him at first, and his DMs were closed. So I, I commented. I said, hey, I'd like to message you to discuss a collaboration. You know, the classic thing that most people see and go, oh, geez. Well, he answered me. Oh, Sweet little go. guy. And I hit him up because I had this wicked idea. 
I wanted to do a KDA cover of Villain as Angel and Cherry Bomb. And I thought that would smack so hard because everybody was focusing on the cinnamon roll aspect. But Angel's a baddie. He's chaotic. So I was like, the fans would love that. I would love to do that. It was such a good song. And he agreed. And I sent him a demo I'd already done of it. And he's like, that sounds great. And I offered to pay because I always I don't go into like collaborations saying, hey, do this for me. Right, so I was right. like, I'll, I'll pay you if you will work on this with me. And he's like, you don't have to pay me. This sounds like super fun. Let's do it. And he's got a British accent. So I'm dorking off because <laughs> we mock each other all the time because we're close. And we've been close for a few years now. That was 2021. I had actually reached out to him and we would spoke more since then. And that cover never came out, sadly. Uh, but that's because he started working on original music between then. And that was when Sure to Drown was happening, and he and I were talking. He'd showed me some of what he was doing, and he had this gap in Sure to Drown. And I remember I just heard Smile Like You Mean It like a month prior. And DJ and I were like, we we would talk off and on. I remember the first time I ever got in call with the guy. I was crawling through, and I cannot, I'm not capping you on this. I put my camera on. He saw, I was crawling through an abandoned observatory (laughs) in my Crocs and a hoodie. And it was, it's a local tagging spot. So I was in there tagging an old observatory. and I'm on call with him. And he's like the well-known angel in the Phantom. So we were having a moment. It was an accidental character vibe. And that was a very good first, how are you? Hi, I'm Riot over by myself in some ruins looks like Silent Hill and just, just spray painting stuff. And I'm like, nice to meet you. And <laughs> But um, that was, a, that was a fun first encounter with DJ. But then he showed me, like I said, this gap in Sure to Drown. And I, I remember that was when we really hit it off because our brains kind of like clicked. And I listened to his, his thing in Sure to Drown and I was like, oh my God. Because the, the way the audio constructed, I was like, wait, sing? Husk's part from Smile Like You Mean It. And he did. It fit the timing perfectly, the pacing and the notes. And I was like, let's do a callback. But what if it's Charlie repeating Husk's part from Smile Like You Mean It back to him in her own way? Because how on brand would that be? Because he said, like, I'd be willing to put a character in. We almost put Nifty in that song. It was almost going to be Husk and Nifty. But Charlie trying to appeal to him hit so right. And so we were like, yeah, we wrote it on the spot in that call. And then that's that's kind of where that took off. Um, and we we literally kind of just LARPed out that entire scene, the um, <laughs> the intro sequence at the beginning on complete accident, just trying to get in the headspace for the characters. Okay. And then people got it immediately when that video came out. They immediately clocked the callback. And I was so, so proud of that because DJ was like, he was happy with it. I was happy with it. And I got to do my first song and it was an original song. And DJ's so nice because he gave me a cut of royalties on that um, for the streaming stuff. Yeah, so he actually included me in the royalties, and he helped me. This patient little man helped me set up my entire thing, including walking me through a PRO or a licensing company, how to sign up for that. He helped me make my artist page on Spotify, and then I told him I wanted to work on a Verasica track. Well, that I was in the process of writing... Um, cause whenever I'm on a song with him, I usually write the part that I help sing. Mm-hmm. Um, I will help or he, and he, and I will toss it back and forth. Well, I'll fin, I'll write it. He'll fix it. I'll fix what he fixed. And then we'll nail down what we want. Well, the Rossica song, I was working on that cause I was really vibing with her. And then he said, um, what about a cherry track? And I was like, I want to do one so bad. And he's like, well, <laughs> I've got some steam for that. Let's do that. And then we started working on pop. There you go. 
There you and go. that was my that was maybe when I was the first featured like female artist on any of his. I'm non-binary, but you know what I mean. Female yeah. sounding artist on one of his original tracks. So that was a big thing, and he and I got on so well writing "Sure to Drown" um, that whenever we it came time for pop, it was a breeze. We would take like inspiration from things we liked. Like one of the inspirations for pop that I bet nobody probably clocked was Cell Dweller. Cell Dweller was an inspiration for that. Same with Scan and Crail, um, Mothica, just good old bands. And we just would, it took us a couple months to just ping pong that. And it sat so well. And now, and I have permission to talk about this, we are working on the Verosica track and it is done all but some final recordings. So now we're working on song three that other than my machine that I've been involved in. Bendy just came out and right. writing that one was fun because when the game came out, he'd stream it to me. And I was actually writing the skeleton of what the final lyrics turned into while he was playing the game because I got inspiration from it. So Dark Revival comes out. I'm sitting there dramming up lyrics and he's playing it. And then he went and corrected them and all of that. Like we just, we vibe really well with the music writing. Um, and we liked what we did with Sure to Drown so much that when My Machine came out, because I was like, ooh, Pentious, like that great character, <laughs> love it. Um, when My Machine came out, I got to write that little rap sequence for Cherry. And he had originally written the verse, I am the queen at the top, the cream of the crop. And I was like, no, this is an opportunity for another callback, my friend. I was like, how about... I'm the queen at the top. I'm making it pop. And it was like, okay, sold. Go. We're good. It was because it was such a character thing to have Penches and Cherry have a rap battle. <laughs> that's that's how I kind of dove headfirst into it. Just one little thing. I asked him to do a collab on a cover on DMs. And I all I had to show him as a demo was this crappy little Smule recording, which is a little karaoke app. Mm-hmm. And that was how I kind of sold him on it. <laughs> That was my break in. It was humble beginning. I mean, humble beginning regardless. Like it, it, it like it, the fact that you've basically just gone through like a most of that discography that you two have had together, and whatnot. Like it's impressive how like each time you put out something, it's just like in, like passionate writing, passionate lyrics and whatnot. Like yeah. really investing yourself in these characters, like and every single time just pushing out like quality song after quality song. Like it like it has to how impressed are you the fact that like again at this point like a couple years ago when you weren't even thinking about getting back to music yet here you are like just really investing yourself in this like music bug and like really going forward to put out just quality track after quality track with with i'm so grateful i'm so grateful for it like every time like when i'm sad I can like open up my phone and the Spotify artist app, I can see like 29 people are listening to my song right now. Like uh, 30,000 people have streamed it this week alone. And I'm sitting here going, people really like this. And it's really validating when you're having a bad day and you're like, I got to sing a song as my favorite character with her pilot voice actor because I wanted Crystal involved mm-hmm. because she she hadn't been on Addict and I wanted to see like, she wants to sing. And she had never really gotten the chance and then, you know, what happened in her life. Um, and so I was like, I know, I had I developed a friendship with her over the course of the two years prior. Um, and I was like, I know that she wants to do this. I knew that, like, you know, it had come out that she had not gotten, you know, the, the actors were no longer cast as the voices. Right. Um, and so I was like, this is going to be a final opportunity to, for her to really 
actually get her hands in something. And we decided to dedicate it to Chris, which is why she signs the song off with Love and Laughter Always. So we wanted to make it both a tribute to Chris Harris and give her the opportunity to show people that she could sing. I adore her. She's one of the sweetest people on earth. And she was so happy to be a part of it. She didn't ask for anything. She didn't want to be paid. Right. She was she was so excited when she heard DJ mix her voice because she'd never sang before, like in, in any capacity, just maybe school stuff. So when he when he mixed her voice and she heard what she sounded like out the studio, she got so excited, she called her grandma on the landline and showed it to her. <laughs> she is the most humble, sweet human being. And DJ and I loved that about her because we were sitting there seeing how happy she was. And she obviously, she, got, she gets royalties off of that. She got like a really good split. DJ is so fair with that. Right. And it, it was just so nice to get to do that. And that, that was so... You know, again, I, I'm grateful to be able to do stuff like that and to, to be able to hear people tell me, like, so many more people vibe with Cherry now. I have girls who have role play accounts who love her, who aren't feeling so good about themselves, see that character, hear that song and go like, this This helped me work out today. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, because, you know, health and fitness are important. I struggled with eating disorders for a long time. So, like, when people tell me, like, I'm helping them do something healthy, right. God, that's such a bonus. You know, it's a good validation more than anything else to know that I love hearing that it helps people. I didn't care less what it does for me, but it does make me feel good that I got to, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, the fact that you're doing something that you love and it's impacting people in a positive manner, like you can't help Mm -hmm. but be proud at the work and the, the hard work and effort that you put into everything that you do. Oh, yeah. And then, like, Chi Chi and Silva really, like, laid that out, the, the like, inspiration to want to do stuff as that character. Because, my God, the talent in yeah. that entire track was just mind-blowing. It brought—that was the second revival of the pilot because there had been radio silence for so long. Yeah. And so when that comes out, the fandom woke up. Cherry Bomb got some love. Angel got—it was crazy. It was crazy. And it was so cool because I was like, I can, I can do something like that. And— be on the ground level where like I get to see it from the fans perspective because that's where I started. I didn't jump into this fandom from another genre. Like I started off on that that ground level. So I'm still in touch with the fan base. I'm I'm not like I interact with just about anybody who hits me up on on Twitter. I don't shut anybody out unless you're rude or like particularly a bad person. I, I've tried to involve myself in like the best parts of the fandom. I helped with the um the fan cord, which was the has been hotel um, server, Discord server. I uh, same with different sites. I tried to help with moderation to keep like bad people away from the kids because we can't keep the kids out of the fandom, but we can keep them safe. Right, right. And so, like, getting to be on the level where I see it all happen and get to make stuff happen is is amazing. It's really amazing. It's incredible, at least like knowing just like how much of a hand and how much love you have for this kind of stuff. It makes me almost curious to know like what. What would you like? I imagine, like, now that you're really like getting into the music, especially whether it be with these characters, mm-hmm. just doing something for yourself or whatnot. What are some of the songs or some of the ideas that you want to tackle next? Like, what are some of the the, the cool song ideas that you would love to take just a stab at, just to say, I'd love to do a song about them, or I want to do my own song with you know such and such genre or something like that? What would be the one you want to tackle next? I I want to work on some original, not fandom related music, um, just to kind of like. Just to kind of like reach out, I I would love to do stuff like um, Rain Paris, like um, Sam Smith and uh, Kim Petras' Unholy. Ooh. That was amazing. 
um, stuff like that. I love those kind of like those those dark like baddie genres as well as like the rock metal stuff like that. And my manager's amazing because he's been pounding the pavement and he got me a couple of um collaborations in the future with some really cool people. Okay. Um so I'm I'm excited for that. So I am actually getting to do that. Just like original music. I already get to do art. Um I've done two uh, each year I've helped out with the Helliverse calendar project, which they raised thousands of dollars for different charities. I think one was the Trevor Project. Uh, the most recent one, I don't quite recall what it was, but I've been a month page for both of those. And every year they send Viv one. So I got to see it up on her Instagram. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I get to do like a whole month page that just goes straight to charity. I love getting to do that with the art um, and just making stuff for fun. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it just sounds like ever since you really like immerse yourself in this in this hell of verse more than anything else it it, it it seems like it's really like open a lot of doors and open a lot of opportunities for you like to really get to, absolutely like, feel more comfortable and get to express yourself and do some incredible stuff that you may have never thought about doing before um especially mm-hmm. especially some of the music stuff i'm sorry but like i <laughs> I have been a long time fan of Sam Smith. I will be upfront and honest or whatnot. So like, right. I, like when he first came out with this stuff, I instantly fell in love with his voice. And like, especially when, mm-hmm. when, when unholy came out, it was one of those songs that I was not mm-hmm. expecting, but I could not stop listening to it. I know. I know. <laughs> Oh, it's okay. I would love to. I would love to try to like drag DJ in on an Angel and Cherry cover of that just for the fandom. Ooh. But I just want to do like a standard cover, non fandom related too. But I think that would have so would be so much fun for people to hear their characters like they like doing. <laughs> or, or or maybe since it kind of like lingers on the whole entire like toxic relationship thing, maybe once we hear mm-hmm. her voice for that like ex that we saw a hint of and his and name is izzy his izzy, name is okay. izzy because i was in the fandom back in like 2013 right, and right. that's when viv showed him off yeah so maybe if we get like uh, if we figure out what izzy's voice is gonna be or whatnot maybe having like a a a, a, a duo of them or whatnot kind of uh, highlighting how toxic that. relationship is you know i would love that the creative writer in my heart just like craves the like angst and character development so much <laughs> I can only imagine. And I can also imagine that, like, especially now you're actually getting into, like, the singing and stuff like that. Like you said, like, you start off, like, impersonating the voices of some of these characters and whatnot. I can imagine it's also led to some cool opportunities when it comes to voice acting as well. I, mm-hmm. I, like, how hand-in-hand in hand did the voice acting bug kind of bite you when it comes to the, the music bug as well? Oh, gosh. You know, the voice acting bug actually bit me before the music one did. Okay. I was doing my impressions, uh, and... Uh, a friend of a friend um, incidentally happened to be one of the guys who was, I think, a member of Team Four Star. I think he voiced Yamcha and like the old oh. abridged stuff. And he was making a one of those romance novel games. And that's when I got my first acting credit. So I played a little side part where I had to speak like Japanese, like fluent Japanese. Oh, wow. um, and so he ha- he was really good at making sure that I didn't botch the pronunciations. I was real careful about it. Um, and that was my first and that was my first Steam game role. Um, I'm working on another role currently, but that's in production. Um, and I get to be a main this time, so that's fun. Yeah. So getting really, it's just a matter of like it's all connections based. Um, just doing that and trying to like stand out a little bit it, it does wonders and just being a good person to other people in the community like don't yeah. you're never too big to do anything and the minute you think you are is when you have lost it exactly you know exactly no I, I, trust me i 
I, seeing the kind of people that have come and gone through this podcast or whatnot, I cannot agree with you more when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I just want to say, as someone else that also voices a main character for a game that's on Steam, welcome to the club. Um, <laughs> yeah! I was going to say, like, I, I interviewed the guy, uh, Antonio Freire, and after mm -hmm. the interview, I was talking to him about, like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to get into voice acting as well. I'm still trying to get into mm -hmm. voice acting to this day. Um, <laughs> but it's like, you know, hey, if you have any parts, like, you know, a side thing for, like, a game that he was working on, it's like, well, yeah. The main guy for this game couldn't do it because of life stuff. Uh, if you want it, you you could be the main person. I'm like, are you shitting me? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Uh, so so if you play the game The Chameleon, you can hear me as Doctor F, Chief of Lunite Research. Um, Ooh. <laughs> I know, spicy, right? No, uh, <laughs> no, but it's awesome to hear that you're getting like these this cool opportunity stuff like that. And you know, similar to kind of the music question, like since you really got that voice acting bug as well, and since you're getting more opportunities to work in games and stuff like that, is there also a role that you would love to tackle when it comes to just a voice acting aspect? Oh my god, yeah, I would love to do a character like Rebecca from Cyberpunk, like. Okay. Any kind of that, like, weird kind of manic girl stuff going on, that is so freaking fun. Like, bully characters, bad girl characters, char just little crazies and non-binaries. Mm -hmm. I love that stuff. I want to I wanna play, like, a villain boss in a video game or, like, weird side girl stuff. Just anything that lets me just get completely unhinged. There you go. <laughs> That's a dream. <laughs> Don't you wish you could just go fucking crazy? <laughs> Don't you just want to go ape shit? <laughs> go ape shit. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I will say, if you're able to to pull out voices so flawlessly like you did right there, why not? Those opportunities are gonna be coming. I can almost guarantee it. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> like seriously, like I was just genuinely shocked whenever you just like busted out that voice just out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, oh shit. Okay. Okay. Oh, good. Well, job. That, that good was job. the discount. Hell streams did that to us. I had to run through characters like Millie, I had to do Vaggy, I had to do Charlie, and just things like Nifty and going it's all over the fucking shop, back and forth, just, <laughs> I'm so used to doing that live that mm -hmm. it just kind of is an out-of-pocket thing at this point. Hey, you know what? Practice makes perfect, right? And it's fun, yeah. and it's fun. I mean, just even thinking that, like, having fun with that, I imagine you're having all sorts of fun when it comes to the art you're able to produce, the, the music you've had mm -hmm. in hand, and, like, all these incredible things, like, just thinking personally, like, with all you've been able to have a hand in, like, does it amaze you the fact that you're as invested in art as you are? I'm so happy that I have the steam to do it, because there were times when I thought the burnout was going to end it for me, um, oh, just because yeah. I had put myself in such, like... COVID hit, obviously, hard topic for a lot of people, but it knocked me out of a job for so long, and I was living on my own. I didn't get the advantage of, like, having any kind of stable housing for my parents. I'd been on my own since, like, the minute I turned 18, I got out of there. Okay. Um, and so I had to turn art into an income real fast, real fast, and that is so hard when you're like, when it's something that's supposed to be a comfort for you and you have to make it your job. I had gotten a commission cue that was almost, oh God, it was so long. <laughs> and I only just recently started like finishing off some of that, like going through it. My commissions do not usually take long, but whenever I am overwhelmed, it can, it can be a while. And so I was so, it was so hard for me to keep up with it. I buried myself in a lot of like, 
streaming stuff and the voice impressions while trying to just chip away at that work, which is why my commissions never look like they're open on my Twitter. They just never <laughs> appear to be. And it's because I kind of a little scared to ever say like, yeah, they're open. Because if you could see my private uh, DMs, your commissions open, it's just lists. And while imagine. I am so, so grateful for that, I'm so scared. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that, that's another thing that I, I'd love to touch upon real quickly because I mean obviously yeah. like uh, like you said like you got all these commissions that you can potentially have you have all this music that you work on you have voice acting mm-hmm. opportunities stuff like that how are you able to balance it all because I know you said like you're one of the biggest fears obviously like the burnout or whatnot but like it amazes me that you're able to have all this kind of stuff and be able to balance it like fairly well more than anything else um, the music royalties has actually afforded me the ability to be able to take my time and do leisure art and take commissions when I need extra money. Okay. Um, the fandom is incredible with the, like the way that they support DJ, um, myself, Silva and other creators in the music industry through platforms like YouTube and Spotify, because like that does afford me like my car payment and bills every month. Um, and that is what kept me from getting like another hit of burnout. And it's just also just giving yourself a little bit of a, when I say a break, I don't mean just stopping and taking a break. Obviously you can, but you got to balance out the work with the things you want. You have to feed the kid in your brain that's saying, but I want this right now because otherwise you're going to shut down. If you say no all the time, you're going to like you're starving that that child in your brain and then you're going to get a tantrum and then you're not going to be good for anything. You're not going to be able to do anything. So balancing that out helped me figure out how to keep a work and joy balance with what I like to do and just constantly like maintaining my interactions like people being supportive on the timeline helped so much with keeping me, you know, afloat with this stuff. So yeah, that that's how I balance it and also just dissociating through it and ADHD meds, man. <laughs> the real <laughs> the real. I mean, it certainly doesn't hurt. Um No. <laughs> But I mean, like, also, it, it, again, it also leads to another point I'd like to touch upon. Like, you're talking about yeah. the, the, the community and especially, like, how patient they can be and how supportive they are of, like, you and mm-hmm. DJ. But especially with you, like, thinking again of all the stuff you've had a hand in, all the, the art you've been able to produce, like, all the incredible art you've been able to produce. Like, Thank does, you. Does it amaze you more or less the community you've been able to accumulate, like, through all, all of this? I was in love with the people who supported me at 300 followers. Um, At 12,000, almost 13,000, I still feel the same way. Like, I take not a single person who interacts with my stuff on a regular basis for granted. I will remember you if I see you in comments on my stuff regular. I'll greet you at cons. Having people come up and say hi to me at Level Up Expo and act like I was any kind of special when I am this short, tiny dork, just this little (laughs) dork walking around and having people act like I was like on any kind of level. And it it was crazy to me, but like the appreciation has just always been, it's, yeah, it is, it is really humbling to see them. Like some of the people who were there from the start still there. And that was two years ago. And then any new people who show up and I'm just, I'm always so happy to see them. You know, it, it's, it's, I can't describe it any better than that. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can only imagine as, as, as someone that's trying to grow their own community slowly, but surely or whatnot, like, trust me when I say, I, I can believe that any sort of love and support you get, no matter how small or how big you've gotten or whatnot, like you, you hold mm-hmm. that stuff like near and dear, and especially with a strong community, like you've been able to develop. Like I can only imagine like how, how much on cloud nine you can feel at times knowing that these people have your back. 
I still get excited when other artists talk to me. <laughs> I still get the like fan fangirl like, oh my god, they liked my picture. <laughs> Again, as someone that talks to artists on a weekly basis, you have no idea how much I relate to that. <laughs> yeah, because like, like uh, I'll say, like with you, you're able to produce like incredible stuff. Like I've said a million times over, like your art, I absolutely love it, and like the music you've been able you. to produce and stuff like that. I just talk to people and I let them talk. That's all I do. <laughs> yeah, but you give people a voice and you like yeah. you boost their platform. It, it's symbiotic. Exactly. It's symbiotic. Exactly. <laughs> and like, I also talking to all this. I forgot a certain question I was going to ask earlier because yeah. like, we kind of breeze through kind of the digital art stuff. So I, I, I wanted to like, yeah. be able to produce. I want to ask: Do you have a personal favorite piece that you've been able to produce? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Most recently, um, one of my favorite pieces that I've gotten to produce is this shot of Cherry Bomb hucking a bomb over the back of her head okay. with the cityscape in the background. I can DM it to you while we're talking, but um, I did that one out of nowhere on a, on a whim. Okay. I was like, I don't know why. I just thought, let's let's go for it. And the that was a piece that just kind of flew out of my hand out of nowhere when I was just trying to decompress one day. I had commission stuff I needed to work on, deadline work, and I was like, my brain's shutting down. I want to draw cherry. And I'm sketching, and it just kind of, all the pieces fell into place so seamlessly that I was like, okay, we're finishing this. And then background have always been kind of a for me they're a little little hinky i'm i'm not really great at them um but this one flowed so easily and so i fell in love with that one and i'm i'm almost at it i swear and yeah that was the that one's my most beloved currently uh the piece that really broke me into the fandom was when i did a redraw of angel and cherry laying on the bed from addict though okay that one really like kicked me in uh because that one got recognition from like most of the main like staff, I think Viv liked it, Ashley liked it, a lot of people, and it got like up upwards four thousand something notes, and that was my biggest biggest piece to date that had gotten any traction. So I was like, "Whoa, that's <laughs> crazy!" Found it, found it here. I dropped it in the dropped it in the chat. That's awesome. the one that is my current my current love. Okay, is that one awesome? Incredible to hear. I mean, like. You know, especially thinking, like, like you were talking about, like, having incredible pieces like that, especially getting a lot of traction. Uh, just thinking just all the stuff that you've had a hand in, whether it's the, the stuff that you started out with, all the art that was really invested with you early on, to the stuff you're doing nowadays that's, that makes that is giving you such love and support from an incredible community. Thinking mm -hmm. of your art journey as a whole, does it amaze you how far you've been able to come along? Oh, yeah, and it wouldn't be without the help of, like, friends and people keeping my head together when like stuff got too heavy like my manager um it, 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 it does amaze me but I could not have done that by myself and I'm not gonna pretend that I did uh he started off as a friend I met on a video game called VR chat um yep. and he was he was the complete opposite of what I was at the time I was like an eclectic believed in everything and nothing kind of like funny little bimbo and he was this like proper proper Christian boy uh but he was so organized and so fun and so non-judgmental and that was about about two years ago, um, he's been working with me, and he's the one who keeps me on schedule. He's He reminds me to do my deadline work when I'm somewhere where I'm not feeling great. He will fly out and meet me 
like wherever I am if he thinks that I like he is such a class he's the manager that you want when you see them in like the old movies and stuff like the real like (laughs) you're a star baby type of deal so so good and just so supportive like really really caring genuine guy really nurturing and then balancing his life with maintaining my silly ass uh (laughs) and his partner and all that just that I wouldn't have been able to do that without him and all of my other friends um my partner of nine years who has had to deal with my crazy ass screaming through the walls (laughs) all the time (laughs) So just, yeah, it, it, it does amaze me, but it, it was not without much help from outside sources and you much know, appreciated help at you that. Know, you know, that's fair. I mean, sometimes, you know, you need that love and support in order to, to, to go forward with life. You know, you, mm-hmm. there's only so much you can handle on your own. So mm-hmm. for this next question, what if I give you a lot more love and support that you can imagine and give you more or less the dream scenario, if I may. Oh, please. Let's please say, with it. Let's say I am big mm-hmm. shot Mr. Moneybags. I come up to him like, look, Riot, we've seen and we've heard all the stuff you've had a hand in. <laughs> and we know you could do some incredible stuff. You just need a little extra push, a little, little extra platform to help really get you there more than anything else. Mm-hmm. We have access to anyone and everyone in whatever industry possible. And more money than there should be possible. We should probably be making sure that all these writers that are striking right now are getting the stuff that they probably need <laughs> right now. We'll, believe me when I say we'll focus on them in a little bit. Right now, we are focusing on you <laughs> and you alone. If, if given this opportunity, what would be the Dream Riot Project? Oh, gosh. Okay. Dream Riot Project. Um, getting what would, what would Psycho Riot want to see into the world? Like, oh. like the, the ultimate dream. Like, you have everything possible to make it happen. Killer original track with art, like a fully animated um, music video and collab original track with like all of the artists I love, including uh, my friends, including my friends, whether they have to do a voice part because they can't sing or whether I get them involved in some capacity in the actual music. It would just be a big, fat, beautiful collab with anyone around me who I could get involved in it. That's what I would, that's, that would be my dream. Just art, I get to help with art and the direction, get to write the song and perform it and get other people their shot. Cause that's actually like, I, any chance I get to do that, I do. That's how my manager, um, August Fish, the Couch Fish, different names, ended up on the Bendy track. He voices the Ink Demon on the new Bendy song. And I'm the one who kind of pushed him at DJ and said, like, he can do this voice without any editing. And he, really talented with the subharmonics because I just love seeing my friends and people I know go places with it. So whenever I can do that, that's what I would do. If I had all the money in production in the world, I would make my own video with everybody I could. That's what I would do. I'll say, hey, let's just go one step further. Let's just give you a full-on studio tour. If you can't just limit it to just one, you could have multiple ones with more with friends, you know, doing here and there. How about that? Mm Mm-hmm. I would do that and then I would help them like make merch for that or like put out what it like I would literally just want to start up a production company where like my friends and I could work with like other really cool like singers and artists that we love and just get to go forward with that. That's what I want to do. I want to like give other people a platform while getting to work with them on original stuff. There you go. I That's easy- the dream. I can easily give mm-hmm. you a couple recommendations. Uh, first and foremost, me. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, he, uh, noted. Uh, noted. Awesome. Uh, but sadly, we mm-hmm. gotta get down from the dream scenario. We gotta get back to reality. Of course. And 
I'll ask the ever so yeah. generic question. Where do you hope to see yourself, say, five to ten years from now? Oh, God. Five to ten years from now. Um, happy. I know that's, that's kind of a flat answer, but it's a, just it, comfortable. It's a hmm? good It's a good start. It's a great foundation for an answer more than anything else. Secure and happy. Just comfortable. As comfortable as, as, comfortable as I can be. I don't, like... You know, I don't want like a champagne life and a mansion and crap like that. I just want right. like maybe a maybe a slightly newer car because mine's pushing one hundred and fifty thousand miles because I drive ever. I love to travel, um, just just comfortable and secure and with people who love me and people I care about and them happy. That's what I want. Well, there you go. That is a good thing to aspire for more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, as we start to wind down the interview, I just have one last question I want to ask you, Riot. Yeah. Obviously, you have been deeply entrenched in art basically since before you were even born. Like, art has been, <laughs> like, a vital part of your being since day one. Mm-hmm. How important is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? Without... Okay, so consider consider the Dark Ages when the... Um, when art basically got kind of like put away and shelved how bad the world was when like art was seen as just like there was a time when you would tell somebody you were an artist or a poet and they would just like write you off like percy shelley the old romantic poets that was a laughable career you couldn't make money there was times when women weren't even allowed to apprentice to sculpt marble back in ancient italy like pre-raphaelite stuff like that i think it's so important because like Think about what history would be like if we didn't have it. If we didn't have things like, I mean, religion aside, the Sistine Chapel's freaking beautiful. Yeah. That is a work of art that took like so long, so long. And same with like the the buildings themselves, those structures, every little thing, the world would be so and, and art dates back to the cavemen. Mm-hmm. What would we be as a species if we didn't have the capability to create? I think it's so important because that has Art has been the freedom of man for centuries, for oldest time. Well, there you go. I, I can't overstate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, even then, the I don't think you overstated it. I think the statement that you made was wonderfully worded, if I do say so myself. Thank you. Right, like I said, that is all the questions that I have for you. Um, I've already showered <laughs> you with a whole bunch of praise, but I'm going to show you a little bit more because it's my podcast. Oh my I do what I want. Um, <laughs> Like I said, right? Oh. Like I said, right? You were someone that I have had under my on my radar for a while now. Just seeing oh. your art pop up here and there, you know. Obviously, you know, as you know, we're both good friends with Tipsy and whatnot. Of course, I saw your art, mm-hmm. close, you know, in close proximity with that. But like, Jelly's incredible. Je- <laughs> absolutely, thank you so much if you're listening to this. Um, but I never really realized just how important all this stuff in art was for you in general. Like seeing your mm-hmm. art, like I knew you were talented. Like there is no denying the talent oh that you have. Like just seeing everything you've had a hand in and just knocking it out of the park every single time. But getting the chance to sit down with you, really get to to hear your stories, just know how much this stuff really does mean to you. How much you've been, like I said, investing in it since basically day one. Like. I, I already had a good level of respect for you, but that respect is like through the roof more than anything else. I know that <laughs> with just about everything that you do, like 
it is you like there's no other path you could choose than this art path and i know that with every mm-hmm. single thing that you put yourself to every single opportunity that you take like you're not taking it for granted you're going to put every single bit of it that you can and that just makes me excited to see what you're going to be able to accomplish i mean you know i i've been gushing about all this incredible stuff you've been able to do and like relatively speaking i feel like you've only like scratched the surface with what could potentially be out there for you it makes me more or less excited to see what could be next for you um i really want to see what's next too and i'm, exactly. I'm always just kind of on the ride kind of like seeing what comes along like i have no plans i'm just an in the moment person uh and so whatever happens i'm always grateful for it i'm always excited well whatever does happen uh just know that you already had a strong community, but it's obviously a little bit stronger because I am more than happy to root for you every single step of the way with whatever oh happens next. Thank because you. I because I know you're gonna do something. You're, you're gonna do incredible stuff no matter what. So long story short, long winded explanation into a couple sentences. Thank you for what <laughs> you do. Keep up the incredible work because I'm gonna be excited to see what you're gonna be doing from here on out. And thank you for what you do because you give artists like a voice and a platform like. I feel like you would have done this uh, even if I was still at like two, three K just, you know, you seem to kind of like grab anybody and like you, you just kind of have a passion for the like different communities and art indie in general. And that, that also deserves like a fair bit of praise because people need that platform. Again, I'm going to use the word symbiotic. Mm -hmm. Um, You, you help give people, not only is it important for people to get that kind of shout out and get that kind of like dialogue going, but you also give people like valuable lessons in in interviewing and stuff like this because I was in an interview like a year ago and God, I was so nervous and it was hard to talk (laughs) and you're very, like, you're good. I can tell that you're good at this and you like what you do and you're very personable and this has been a great, comfortable environment. So thank you. Well, thank you. That I, I, I genuinely do appreciate those kind words. Although the one thing I will correct you on is you said I would have had you on if it was two or three thousand. No, I would have had you on if you were at two hundred or three hundred. All right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I was uh, just trying to like cut the number down. And I was like, I don't, I'm bad at math. <laughs> look, I, I was like, look, I dedicate my April to getting artists that have smaller followings. That I think deserve like a bigger platform. Okay. Like, and, and I think that's so important. Absolutely. And even then, like, you know, I, just because I dedicate that alone to April doesn't mean I still don't bring artists. That I think are incredible with a smaller following on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you should have seen, what was it? Uh, a good couple weeks ago. Shout out to my good, uh, shout out to uh, Julian Parrish. Like the guy only recently started, started up his Twitter, like, I want to say February, stuff like that. The guy's doing oh some, like, incredible animation. If you haven't had an opportunity to check out Set Sail for Candy, like, he's only got a couple Ooh. teases up right now, but, like, it looks absolutely incredible, especially if you're a fan of, like, the manga stuff. Like, it has very strong anime influence on it, so, yeah. Oh, shoot, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But enough about that guess. If people want to see more about what you're doing and what you're showcasing and the incredible talent you have on full display every single time... Go ahead and oh plug yourself for the people at home. I'm uh, hi everybody. I'm Psycho Riot. You can find me on Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, all into the same handles. Apple Music. Um, I'm on IMDb as Soren Arian because that's my that's my real name. It's a weird weird name. Um, <laughs> hit me up on Twitter. Comment. I'll I'll like it. I'll just just come say hi. Shoot, I love everything. <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to word it. Do you have any Do you have any final words before we sign off? Um, just if you like something, if you, if you love something and it makes you happy and it doesn't hurt anybody else, just do it. However you can, whatever you can to get through your day. Uh, and if it can bring other people 
happiness and comfort, then bonus. <laughs> That's all I got. There you go. There you go. With that, all I've left to say is for the people at home, hasta luego, mi amigos. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for sticking around to the end. If this is your first time listening, I greatly do appreciate it, sincerely. Um, this was a fun conversation. This was a really good, really tight conversation that, uh, Riot, if you've made it up to this point, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It was really cool to really get to deep dive into the stuff that truly inspires you and the stuff that uh, really makes you like creative. Like It was really awesome to really dive into that stuff. Uh, you know, conversations like this always make me, f like, it, it reminds me just how powerful media can be today. You know, hearing about how stuff like has been, has a major influence when it comes to how Riot goes forth with their stuff, uh, help them, like, just on a personal level. Like, it makes me truly forget sometimes that, or I forget sometimes the human beings that are behind some of these fandoms. Because sometimes... It might just feel like, you know, a random interaction. It might just seem like, you know, a number, you know, a person trying to get attention and stuff like that. But no, there are genuinely incredible people out there that truly love and appreciate the artwork and the media that is out there. And is truly touched and the impact that it has on these people cannot be understated. Um I, I realize that sometimes my podcast can be like that sometimes. I mean, it's not on a grand scale like some of these, you know, big name properties or whatnot. But, you know, I always have to step back and remember that, you know, when it comes to the people that come to the podcast, people that show love and support, they are not a number. They are an actual person. There is a person that is willing to take the time to show that love and support and really really showcase how much something like this means to them. So in a way, a roundabout way, thank you guys for the continued love and support for the podcast. Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, no no disrespect to Riot, and no disrespect to any previous guests beforehand, obviously. But if you've enjoyed the podcast lately, I have a feeling you're going to love next week's episode. Uh, next week's episode is a... Is a big one for me it's one that really means a lot to me and i sincerely hope you guys continue to show that love and support uh because i i see it and i truly do appreciate it from day one uh and i sincerely hope that whether it's me interacting with you personally or just you listening to these episodes of podcasts i'm hoping that i'm able to positively influence you one way or another and i sincerely hope that you guys continue to create incredible stuff one way or another but back to what I was saying, yeah, keep an eye on this podcast next week. I got a, I got a real, real treat for you guys. Uh, but until then, keep up the incredible work. Keep 
producing the incredible stuff you want to see. Keep creating incredible content and incredible ideas. Like, let flesh them out. Make them reality. Push out stuff into the world that you want to see. Have a wonderful day.